Blog Talk Radio. Joined as always by my esteemed colleagues at WIM, JJ from Kansas, Kyle, the draft guru, and Joseph. Uh, Graham was supposed to be here, but he's not. Uh, we don't know why, and well, fuck him. So, uh, how's everybody doing? Pretty good. Uh, I'm tired, but, you know, that's about it. Good job with the volume on the theme music. Early yeah, cocktail. really. Well, it's it's a there's a science behind it. I can teach you one day, but <laughs> to learn. Uh, but you'd have to charge. Maybe get tired of that theme music. I, I I could listen to it all day every day. Uh, but really, no one cares about the theme music. They care about the draft, and the draft is completed, and the draft is over. And I think we need to ask Kyle about the draft. Because Kyle, you were at the draft. You experienced the draft yep. firsthand. Uh so yeah. just from everything, just I just give us everything you got. Well, um I mean it was my first draft ever, let alone my first like draft actually doing like as with like media access. So it was uh it was a lot to take in. I mean the first day is uh you know the day one is uh pretty tame, obviously, because they only do one round, um, uh, you know, and every draft pick comes up on the stage, they give them a jersey, you know, they give the thumbs up, they get a picture, you know, and all that fun stuff, and then day two comes along, and that's just, like, like it, it just, they just fire off all the rounds in the same amount of time that they do in the first, like they do with the first round, so... Um, it's a lot more hectic. Some of the players are there to interview. The others aren't. Uh, it's kind of like a, you know, a, like a, a hit, you know, sometimes you'll have one, sometimes you won't. Uh, thankfully, um, the Red Wings were very cool with uh, letting me know who was there and who wasn't. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I, I only missed one, and that was our third-round pick guy, the uh, the Finnish uh, uh, Billy Zarajarvi. Um but uh, yeah, it was a it was a, an interesting experience, and um, I think the Red Wings had a, I think everybody had a great draft besides the Boston Bruins, and that's pretty good. <laughs> like that was that was fun to watch. But um, yeah, it was good. I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad we got to go down and uh, you know do the thing. Hopefully everybody read my stuff. If you didn't, then that's okay. I'll forgive you. Now. I- yeah. I don't mean to put you on a spot here, but mm-hmm. do the grade thing. You, you, since you probably have the most knowledge yeah. out of any of us of these guys. Yeah, okay. I've read my fair share of grades and who won, winners and losers, and that kind of thing. Right. Just, I haven't seen the wings on either list, winners or losers. The grades seem to be coming in the middle of the right. pack. Right. If, well, where do yeah. you put them with the haul they got? Um, personally, um. I don't know. I the first round pick, you know, with uh, Sveshnikov, 
That's a great pick. Like, if I, I had him on my top five picks, I wanted him for for a while now. Um, the only thing that um, I think I don't know because obviously the Red Wings never draft players that come into the NHL the next year. So yeah, nobody's ever going to really give the Red Wings a super good draft uh, draft uh, draft grade because I mean he's just not going to jump into the NHL next year. Um, but all in all, I think they addressed their needs really well. Um, you know, they got two defensemen. Uh, they got a winger, a winger, and a center. Uh, and then they got a goalie who, admittedly, nobody really knows anything about. But apparently, from what I've heard, when when Tyler Wright talked to everybody, um, talked to the media, they're really, really high on him. So, and they were actually thinking about going with taking him in the third round. Um, so, and I'm glad they didn't do that. And, be, you know, I guess you can't really be mad at that. So, um, I really like that, um, uh, Spetschmikoff because he's just a he's huge, um, he kind of, you know, he, he's, he's pretty quick. Uh, he's really skillful. You know, obviously he's like, he's almost like a craftsman with the puck. Um, and, uh, he just loves hockey. He's committed to the game. His entire family is all about hockey. Um, and uh, it's uh, yeah, I mean that's that's it's it's a good that's a really um, they're a really good uh, that's a really good pick, um, and I think two of the defensemen that they took, um, I think those were great picks too. You know, the only thing that I wasn't a huge fan of, I guess, I mean, obviously I have to have my criticisms. Um, you know, when when we were sitting there in the in the first round um, about to pick, I was like look at all these names that are available right now. Like, wow, this is actually really good. Um, you know, and I was, I was, I was screaming for Travis Konecki, um, at 19th overall, cause I think he's a great player. Um, and, uh, you know, they didn't take him, you know, they went straight for Svechnikov. So obviously they knew what they wanted, um, which is, which is just fine. Um, I guess my other complaint is even though I saw Ken Holland on and off the phone, like practically all day long, um, both days, you know, they couldn't get that second round pick, which would have been really nice because you could have gotten, uh, you know, an Oliver Killington or, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, there's, a, you know, even like a, possibly a, a Brandon Carlo, or did he get taken with the first pick in the second round? I believe he did. But the Bruins took him in the second round. Right. And that's probably, the, that was probably like one of their best picks of the day. So, um, but yeah, you know, branching out, uh, Patrick Hallway, uh, the sixth round pick, the defenseman, uh, that guy is, I think that guy's going to be great. Um, I mean, he's 18 years old and he's like, like six, five or something like that. You know, he's committed to the university of Maine. He's a big right shooting defenseman. The, the Pearson um, kid's going to Maine too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pearson's going to Maine too. I actually met Pearson at the, at the airport today. He was just sitting there and, uh, just kind of went up and uh, reintroduced myself and, uh, yeah, he was sitting there. He's a, he's a dad, former NHLer. Um, way to, way to get he, an exclusive interview. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't want to like sit down and be like, Hey man, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think Holloway, Holloway is really good. That other kid they took in the seventh round, Adam Marsh, 
Um, I think he's a, you know, he's going to be, he's one of the, you know, obviously he's a, he's a bottom six projected forward. Um, I know that last year he got hurt uh, in, in the, at the end of the season in his uh, first season with the Q. So, you know, hopefully, you know, he can bounce back and have a really, really good sophomore season with them. Um, but, yeah, all in all, I think it was a good draft for the Red Wings. They had a they addressed some some needs. You know, they they bolstered pretty much every every part of the ice as far in terms of depth goes. Um, you know, they added a a guy who could potentially slate in as a top six forward in the near future. I mean, Sveshnikov is you know obviously he'll have to grow a little bit, but um, you know, a lot of scouts say that you know he has the skill set. And he has the frame to play in any the NHL, like you know, like possibly next year. But we all know that's not going to happen. So, yeah, I think all in all, it's a great draft. Um, really, would have been nice to have that second round pick, but you know, that's just what you pay for. You know, you want to try and win a Stanley Cup, and uh, you know, they, it didn't work out. Uh, and that's that's hockey, I guess. But yeah, yeah, try and get I think a second the lack round, of a pick, second round pick. Probably takes that uh, the draft from like a potential A down down at least one letter grade. Yeah, yeah, I would give it. I would give it, you know, a, a B plus or a B. That's that's fair, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, A because, mostly because I I wouldn't have taken a goalie this year. I don't think the Red Wings really need it, but he's I, I mean he's a Euro goalie, so he's you know obviously they don't have to like sign him by any you know certain time or have to really worry about anything, you know, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I give it a B, it's it's not bad. Also, uh, it probably also took a Euro goalie just because, I don't know, 2014 last year they picked Chase Perry, and his performance at Colorado College this last season, while it was his freshman season, didn't exactly inspire much confidence. Right. Well, the, right. the goalie was a, a Hawken pick, right? Yeah. So, he, he'll probably yeah. turn into yeah, Hawkins, a future Vezina winner. Extremely excited about him. So um, apparently, Swiss is the new Swede. Yeah, we didn't take a Swede for the first time in like 20 years. So. Corey Bronman gave us a, a C plus. Um, Alan Meir, Meir gave us a C. Chris Peters gave us a B plus. So yeah, I think most people are pretty much like Sebastian was a really good pick, and then after that, it's kind of like, eh, hey, whatever. And that's right. where you're going to get well, third-round picks and later. It's so going to get a lot of A whatever. Well, yeah, yeah. Not, every, yeah. not a late pick is going to be Datsuk or Zetterberg or even an Axel Holmstrom. So if we get one, if Svechnikov turns out to be a top-six forward, great. It was a good draft. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, even last year we didn't even know what Holmstrom was going to be at all. Like, right. You know, he was just a, he was just another seventh-round pick, and then he comes out this year and just plays his ass off and, well, and turns even if, out to be a top-center prospect, so. And, and you could, I mean, these, these drafts, if you just go back and look, and it's like the, if, if Larkin, Larkin ex- exceeded expectations probably already, and if, you know, he makes yep. the team this year, it doesn't matter what anyone else does in that draft. It was a successful right. draft. You get that one player, and that player turns out to be a stud, then the yep. rest doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's yeah, why I really like to add a March pick, because it's a total, it's a seventh rounder. It's a kid who, like, had his breakout season uh, derailed by injury, he's he's gone through some stuff. If 
it doesn't work out. You wasted a seventh rounder on him. No big deal. Um, but right. it's got a, a good opportunity to uh, to really exceed that draft position, and I really like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that really makes me mad about the entire draft is that, um, I mean, the Islanders were able to flip one of their bad defense and prospects yeah. and, and Griffin Ray's Brian Hart. Uh, that turned into a pick that got them, you know, Matthew Barzel and another guy in the second round. And that, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that Griffin Reinhardt is better than Brendan Smith or Jakob Kindle. So, but that's just me. I'm, I don't work for an NHL organization, so. Yeah, I think a lot of scouts think differently, and that's the problem. Yeah, I know. Well, they're all stupid. They should all side with me. Agreed. Is that Graham just joined us? Hey, what's going on? Hi, Graham. Hey, hello, hello. Sorry. You finally got over Team Canada losing at the Women's World Cup. You know, uh, I've got to tell you, my daughter is, uh, she's super into soccer right now, and she was exhilarated that uh, the U.S. won on Friday and devastated that Canada lost. So we are now, as a family, all in on the U.S. So if they lose, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. She's... I, I was curious to see what would happen if they had played each other because uh, I probably would have made her cry, but thankfully <laughs> it won't come to that. She was born in America, right? She was. Then she roots for USA. End of story. In theory. Yeah, and those reverse Sydney LaRue shit. Graham, what did <laughs> you think of the draft? Uh, it was uh, exhilarating. Um, that's the word I'd use for it. Uh... Uh, well, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know enough about the draft to really form an opinion. So I think we got to the point where the wings were about two or three picks away, and I just remember saying, I'm just asking Kyle, hey, who should they take? And I, I actually tweeted that, the, the, you know, I was I would hold off judgment on Vetchnikov uh, until yeah. I heard what Kyle and um, TPL said. And TPL said, meh, um, and Kyle was excited, so I thought, okay, this is a good pick. Well, that's what's funny is that um, initially when they when uh, TPL had sent me like a list of forwards and defensemen that could possibly end up being a Red Wings pick or who they should keep an eye on, Sechnikov was in that list. Um, and TPL had nice things to say about Sechnikov, so that's why I was kind of surprised to see that. I don't know if like maybe his maybe he had some you know obviously he probably had other players who he had his eye on that were. Um, you know, he really wanted. But I think Sechenikov is a great pick because um, he is a center and he's a winger and he's transitioning to center. Um, you know, it, obviously he's probably not going to see the NHL unless he unless he turns into a monster. He's not going to see the NHL when that suits around. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I think I think he's a great prospect. I mean, it's you know freshman year freshman year in the queue he put up what seventy eight points in fifty five games that's, that's pretty friggin good for a guy coming over from you know big ice in Europe and coming into a small you know small smaller ice I think that's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, what I'm impressed with him about is in the uh, the draft interviews, like he really hammered on like how much he realizes oh, I'm really excited about, you know, going to work and, and getting there as quick as possible and he keeps talking about how to right. do hard work and obviously we have to we have to draw comparisons and it wasn't Manth actually did say uh, he was looking forward to hard work too, but like there were no que- there were questions about 
about Manfred mm-hmm. going into the draft, uh, Sevastikov didn't have these same questions. His question was, right. questions there were like, really, how good is his ceiling? But yeah, I th- I like that uh, that contrast, and I like the fact that essentially he's mm-hmm. kind of a, a hedge against Manta turning out disappointing because he's basically right. a out player. Um, I love mm-hmm. the fact that he, that he goes to center because I, like I always say, I want twelve centers in the lineup playing forward. Yeah. And then if we can get it, like another twelve centers in the blue, another six centers on the blue line, put a center in goal. I don't care. All centers all the time. Right, of course. <laughs> and uh, well, I mean, branching onto the, the players that other people might not know, the, their third round pick, Billy Sari Arvi. Um, uh, he's, I think he's a good prospect. Um, obviously, he's a little small. I mean, he's, I mean, he, you know, he's, he he's one sixty-one. Finish kind of, yeah. He kind of is Finnish Rafalski, honestly. He, uh, he's. I think he's playing in uh, in in uh, Switzerland next year, or is it Finland? Um, wherever, uh, yeah, Finland. I'm sorry, in Liga. Um, and uh, I mean, he put up what did he put? 23 points in 57 games in the USHL. Um, but he also put up, uh, you know, 12 points in 12 games in the team Finland and, you know, the uh, international junior under 18, you know, tournament. So, um, and then he put up nine points and he put up nine points in seven games at the, uh, you know, the world juniors for his age group. So um, I think he's good. Like I, I haven't seen like a full on scouting report, um, but uh, he, I think he's going to turn out to be kind of a sleeper pick. He, uh, you know, he's, He's small. He's smaller, but he has like one of those heavy shots from the blue line, and he's a, you know he's elusive because he's quick. So, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he he all he needs to do is worry about getting stronger and not get pushed off the puck as easy. And uh, you know, we'll be, uh, I think we'll have a have a nice defense there. I I have to admit I chuckled um, at the at the reaction, the Twitter reaction to picking him because uh, because he is smaller. And it was, mm-hmm. and the number of people who were who were saying, "Oh, small defenseman! Oh, another small guy! We need size, you know. We need this." And I thought, like, are we not paying attention? I mean, the idea of this of the big defenseman is is so overblown at this point. Um, you know, just just that people were just honing in on the fact that he was five nine, and that was it. That's all. Mm-hmm. They not not to mention the fact that he's probably still growing at least a little bit. So right, yeah. Uh, I I chuckled at that pick. Uh, it, it more more the reaction to it, and um, and then the uh, somebody tweeted a picture of, of the opposite of of uh, Marsh uh, of da- Dead Marsh that it was Live Marsh or something, and I chuckled at that one too. <laughs> yeah, I liked. I saw um, Ken Holland called a coward and a traitor and a disaster. <laughs> Or that pick. I remember that round. one. Was that the one? Is, was that the one where you were just like, "Okay, good talk." Yeah. <laughs> I hey, that, that was that was at the end of the day too. So it's just like I don't care about your opinion. <laughs> but let's uh, talk about some of the other teams. Like uh, Edmonton, sure. obviously had to have a good draft because they they got they did. and that's that's amazing. And the rest of their picks are uh, whatever. Sure, they're they're good. Um, yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo had a good they day. got Jack Eichel. Um, I do think I agree that the Islanders had a good day, uh, dumping a guy who's not going to be that good and getting a, a 
couple picks for that, and then getting another first round pick. Um, you know, they went from they basically erased that uh, that Thomas Vanek mistake. Um, right. Let's see. I think uh, Ottawa had a good day because they uh, they dumped a goalie and got that number. They got a free bonus pick at twenty one, so they got Colin White. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to say it, but I think oh, had a really play. good day. And not just what? Toronto had a really good day. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Wrong uh, pick from Martin Marinson, and then I don't think the Oilers even qualified Brad Ross. Yeah, they didn't qualify him. Although I'm not sure that it matters so much because he's over in Europe for the next two years. Right. Um, yeah. Who didn't they qualify? Uh, Brad, Brad Ross. Ross, the guy that uh, oh, Toronto yeah, yeah. to get Martin Marinson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as far as bad days, like nobody had a I, well, Calgary had a good day too. I think uh, really pissed off. They had a different. funny day. Yeah, because they they ruined Boston's dreams and hopes. I thought the Flyers yeah. had a really good draft too. Today they split um, it, lame. Good. Wow. <laughs> this what is happened? why we have Joe. <laughs> No, but I think the, I think the Flyers had a really good draft. You know, they got Provorov, and then they got Kaminsky too, all in the first round. Those are two really good prospects. And then they got rid of Ronaldo for a third round pick, which is unheard of. Like, I you, I want to know what Sweeney is thinking about. Like, I, is he trying to tank it out? Like, is he really trying to make this team as terrible as possible? Because if yeah, he is, having a bad third round, they wouldn't be having a bad draft day to having a bad week. Like, yeah, whatever's happening well, yeah. there. Is- it's less fun to watch now. Like, it was so much fun on draft day yeah, when like they were just blowing now. up. Yeah, now it's like, man, I actually know Boston fans that I feel bad for. Like, how are you holding up, Jeff? I, I, <laughs> I, I, I was off work all I, from Friday, and I don't go back till Wednesday. And just the text messages I got from some friends, coworkers who are Bruins fans, they're just... <laughs> Completely besides themselves, beside themselves, and and I, I mentioned this earlier to you, JJ. Like I, like as as much as I'm laughing on the inside as I I tend to do when it comes to Bruins matters or or keeping my emotions on the inside, I, I do genuinely feel bad for those that I know who are like the version of us, but for the Bruins who love the Bruins and they're diehard fans, and they're just, like, beside themselves. And I'm just, I, I don't, I, I've i never seen in, I'm, I'm going on 28 years old, and I don't think I can remember a team that did so much in such a short span to just completely fuck themselves. Yeah, I, just, I think it's hilarious either way. Oh, my God. Oh, I mean, it, it's, it's so reactionary to missing the playoffs. I mean, like, it's funny because if, depending on the order on how things went down, it's still hilarious, but it's less so. Like on like on draft day, trading, if they had traded Lucic first, it would have been, hey, that's a good deal. You know, first out of it, uh, you get a couple of prospects, you unload a guy who's way overpaid and not as nearly as good as... Although you keep in half the cap it, though. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's for one year, which, uh, I don't know. Um and then they tra- and then they traded, but then they traded Hamilton. Or like if it had gone the other way, 
But even with them sitting with three first-round picks in a row, it wasn't even – it was like, okay, they could at least salvage this if they have a great draft. And then they went mm-hmm. completely off board on their draft pick. Well, it, and even if – like like they couldn't do. They they couldn't package – I'm sure they tried. I'm sh- Package those picks to try to move up to get a Proveroff or, or, or uh, the Hannafin, even Ruwenski. Yeah. Ruwenski. Mm-hmm. But even if you can't, and like you said, they have those three picks – I was I was driving down to Pennsylvania during the first round and and I heard their first pick and then whatever my the stream on my phone went out and when I had stopped and I I got there back to Pennsylvania I was like what like who the fuck did they draft like I wasn't even I'm not a, I, I'm genuinely not a fan of this team and I just was like I was clueless like I didn't even know who the fuck these guys were other than Z- Zabro or however the fuck you say his name I, I don't I, how how can you like I I don't know what they're doing, man. I I I don't have words. It's just it's well, don't so be so hilarious. upset. I know I'm not. I told you, like as someone who had the brew works kind of for the team and and watched them kick the shit out of the Red Wings two years ago, and then you know I just I like seeing them lose, just like I like seeing all Boston right. sports teams lose. Uh, but I've just, I, again, have you ever seen a team do something like this before? I mean, JJ brought up the Sharks to me earlier, but the Sharks didn't trade their, you know, the, 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 their best young player. I mean, the kid that if you're going to rebuild, he's the guy you rebuild around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, Not, the only team that this, like, even comes close to comparing to, and, like, it doesn't even, it doesn't work that well either, is the, the Marlins. Right, yeah. dismantled themselves. They dismantled themselves after winning the series, and they did it specifically like for a reason. Well, Boston just their lost ownership. their fucking mind. Yeah, yeah, and, the ownership was a shitty reason, but it was still at least a reason you understand. Nobody has any clue what the hell Boston is doing. I really like the uh, the order in which they did it because for like the time between when Hamilton when the Hamilton news struck and it really started hitting Bruins fans that, oh, my God, they sold him for that for no good reason, was there was a lot of, like, Meatball Bruins fans, like, oh, we still got Lucic at least, and then Lucic got moved again, and it's like, ha now there is 100% devastation well, on the fan base. Well, you're, Love it. You're, you're glossing over the best part of the day, was that before Bruins fans even had the chance to get over or, or to, to digest the Hamilton news, they put out the news that they signed McQuaid <laughs> so for oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for about oh, yeah. a million dollar cap hit. That I know that's the part. That's actually the best move out of the three that they made because they, you know, they they trade away the franchise defenseman who is just he's a star in the making, and then re-sign a guy who is just a, he's a scrub. I mean, he's nothing for four more years. It wasn't even like they gave him a one-year deal. Like, hey, you know, we just got we got to have a body back there. It's like, hey, we believe in you for four more years. And I, I read somewhere that after even after today's move of um, picking up Ronaldo, they actually picked up six million. Like now, they've picked up six million dollars in cap hits when you add in McQuaid's uh, extension, Ronaldo's salary, and the half the uh, cap hit for Lucic which is what they probably could have paid Hamilton, which is what he was looking for. <laughs> so they've made all these right. moves 
But and he's an uppity kid that care in the dressing room. room. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that anonymous, uh, anonymous NHL source said that, uh, you know, for the first time ever that, uh, you know, Dougie Hamilton's just a locker room cancer like everybody else has been. Yeah, I still I'm think he's like I'm, speaker from the I'm waiting. I am waiting for them to trade for Sean Thornton. I am waiting for it. It's going to happen. Sean Thornton's going to be on the Bruins before <laughs> you, opening they night. Can, they, can, they can ice a fourth line of Sean Thornton, Max Talbot, and Zach Ronaldo. Well, Talbot wants out, though, according to the reports. Like, Max Talbot wants out of Boston. That should be a sign that your ship is sinking badly because the rats are deserting the ship. Oh, that must have been what he tweeted about. He said the rumors aren't true <laughs> oh. earlier tonight. Okay. But... Uh, yeah, yeah, they moved all that shit, and they still have. They're still they like need six more players. Captain. They need six more players, and they've got like seven million dollars to sign them. Well, they've got the Spooner kid who's an RFA, and Brett Connolly, who they spent two second round picks on, is an RFA. So, and Martin Jones, who they got back from from LA. Right. Right. So they have, so they have six goalies now. So they're just that's what they're going to do is just stack their goalies up in the they'll net just, and just hope that nobody can score on them. Ken Holland should call him and offer nah, they're him they're going to trade Smith Rask. Yeah, yeah, I was really disappointed they didn't end up trading Rask. I don't know. I, I think that one of the, 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 the Oilers offering a better package of picks than the Flames and then the Bruins responding with wanting Darnell Nurse. And then the Oilers <laughs> laughing at him. But that's because uh, Shirley's there, but... But that obviously, yeah, I'm glad uh, we're not Bruins fans. Because as much as we for the, for complain reasons. that Holland doesn't make any moves and he just kicks tires, uh, I'm pretty sure we would be livid right now if our team just did something like that. Well, yeah, that's it's funny that you bring that up because today there was that um, Fox Sports Detroit article, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, where Ken Holland basically said, yeah, there's nothing out there. I, did, you, did you guys see that? Jeff probably didn't because he's on vacation. I didn't see it. <laughs> it was... Um, yeah. Let me try and find it here. It was, was it the Gave guy? I never remember his first name. No, it was... Uh, I don't think so. Um, I'm pulling it out now. Didn't it was write something? It was Gave. Our fearless yeah, Holland doesn't expect to do much in trade-free agent market. So, uh, you know, basically talked about how there's shit available and blah, 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 blah. So I guess he was he was talking today. Somebody mentioned probably mentioned something like Mike Green because Green's mentioned in the article, and I know that he's still the target for a lot of wing fans. But Holland apparently specifically mentioned the following names, Justin Adelkater, Darren Helm, Danny DeKaiser, Riley Shan, and Peter Morazic, and mentioned that all five of them will be free agents one year from now. Applicator and Helm will be unrestricted. The other three will be restricted. And his quote is, if we're looking to add a piece that's going to have a significant cap hit, then it's going to have an effect on the players I just rattled off. But I'll open the question up to everybody, but if Free agency does not excite me this year, and just based on no. who's out there, would you even? No one's going to be. Would any of you be upset if they just literally didn't do anything but sign, re-sign their no, own I guys? Wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset. I would just. I mean, 
no, I wouldn't be upset by any means. I think, obviously, uh, if if signing uh, an unrestricted free agent means that any one of our core RFAs uh, within the next year or two uh, don't get paid and they're pissed off or they, you know, get moved, then, yeah, fuck it. I'll, uh, I'll pass. Um, I have no interest in, in doing that. Uh, I mean, what are the names that are uh, out there that are uh, exciting? I mean, you've got... Mike Green, who nobody knows. Obviously, we need a, I, okay, Yeah, we got Airhoff, who is who can't stay healthy. You've got um, uh, Mike Green, who um, okay, uh, Mike Green, who obviously also still can't stay healthy. He's going to get paid a lot of money, and he's been playing a bottom four role how long now? And then you got Mike um, uh, Paul Martin's like riggedy corpse, like thirty four years old, who's probably going to get like four years from someone. It's just it's. It's not worth it. And then don't even get me started on the forward for the forwards because it's even worse. Yeah, it, it, like last year there were. I mean, there's always there's look there's always guys that you kind of look at and go, God, if it wasn't if they weren't unrestricted, they would get nothing. But last right. year you still had guys like Strawman and um, yeah. a couple years ago. Remember when when Ottawa got Clark MacArthur and they got him on a good deal? Like yeah, there's there's always been guys like that, just kind of the under the radar guys that. You know, you you see the especially the analytics guys. They'll go and say, "Hey, this could you could get some real good value from this player if you could pick him up." Uh, I don't even see any of that this year. Like there, there literally is nothing. I I think the name that most people seem to be excited about is um, Frolik, and even then, people are saying, uh, "This doesn't have much to pay him because if you put him in a if you sign him as a bottom six guy to kind of round out your depth, great signing." If you sign him to play top six minutes, you're fucked because he's really not that good. So, uh, honestly, I would be perfectly content with Ken Holland if he did nothing on July 1st. Just, you know, get your RFAs taken care of. Um, You know, leave the unrestricted free agents. Let somebody else sign him. Look, I mean, if you can get a guy, I think the defenseman that I am most, I would most want to see sign if he were to would be Cody Franzen. Because a, I think he'd come the cheapest, and b, um, I think he is a better all-around defenseman than anybody else that's out there. But I think somebody's going to throw some money at him and, you know, be whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They should so. also buy out Stephen White. Yeah. Well, yeah. that better better yeah. happen soon. I think Frolik being the the gem of the forward class is like finding a cubic zirconia in a pile of gravel. Um, yeah. He's still, he may be the most valuable, but he's he's still a useless rock uh, when it comes to actual value. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's I mean, nothing out there. And and the other thing is, if you bring in a defenseman, I mean, Holland is absolutely right. If you bring in a defenseman like Green, who's going to want term and money, then what does that do for your cap going forward? Because you do, I mean, there are decisions to be made in the next couple of years with a lot of these young players that the Wings are trying to incorporate in the lineup, not to mention the fact that you are then setting the defense back because you're taking away a spot from one of those guys that are coming up. So right. that's, I, I am perfectly content with them to roll with a youth movement. Um, the flip side is, Trades. Yeah. So Holland also said, um, this is a quote, 
I'll explore trades, but to make an upgrade, it's tough to match up money and identical needs. I'm exploring it if there's a player with a dimension who can make us better. So mm-hmm. that's he's kicking tires. What do you guys? That's yeah. That's exactly it. He's kicking he tires. Yeah, everybody thought, is calling. It's like we want Manta and Larkin, or we're not dealing. That's that's the match yeah. needs. And that's the interesting thing that I thought was in the quote was it's tough to match up money. So I think that's a sign that if he's going to be taking on something like a cap hit of some kind, he wants a cap hit going the other way. Like he's not going to do a, a you know, I'll take Dion enough for my prospects and just, you know, basically let team salary dump on him, which is good. I want mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. I don't think trades are really good. I mean, Obviously, we've we've went over this before. Is how many teams are out there who are trading a impact top defense a top defenseman who can make an impact? Uh, I'm pretty sure that there aren't really any. Um, and I, you know, obviously it's been stated that we're out on you know Finuf, which is great. Hallelujah to that because I was like you know it was something that I was preparing myself for. But I don't know if there was any way that I could have been okay with the, you know, the. I don't know. I still think the price would have sucked. And then again, um, we're probably still going to trade for him. So whatever. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not at all convinced that the door is closed on Funuf. I think the Red Wings made a show to say we're not interested in trading Funuf, and they specifically wanted that reported uh, yeah. to tell the the Maple Leafs that no, we're not. We're definitely. We, this is how serious we are about not spending what you're asking. And they're gonna they go back and look at it again later. I, I think the phenomenon right. is probably going to happen. Um, for me, it's got to involve Weiss going back. Uh, just if they don't buy him out tomorrow, because apparently, and I wasn't aware of this, uh, I thought it was you had to have the guy on waivers today to clear waivers tomorrow, so you could buy him out. The deadline is 30 June, but mm-hmm. uh, according to uh, reporter Chris on Twitter. Uh, apparently there's like a five-hour waiver window on June 30th that you could put, as long as you put Weiss on waivers by noon tomorrow, you can buy mm-hmm. him out at 5 p.m. tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, apparently, according to uh, Plinus, uh, the team is still considering it. Uh, Helene reported late last night that apparently that's not going to happen because of the Datsuk injury, but Plinus for, said what he said after Helene. So, um I guess it's still possible that it happens, but I yeah. If, if we trade for Finuf, I want Weiss going the other way, just because I'm confident that Babcock absolutely hates Weiss, and uh, you know I just the mean sports fan in me wants them to be together in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And and send Brennan Smith too, because I'm pretty sure Babcock hates him. Yeah, yeah. send them all the guys we hate. Uh, as far as teams that may uh, other than Toronto that may be willing to trade an impact defenseman. Chicago? Um, there are some possibilities. Chicago doesn't have impact defense when they're looking to trade. Uh, they're pretty, I'm pretty sure they're not interested in trading Seabrook anymore. Um, and outside of that, I mean, they're not trading Keith, and that is their, their impact. But Uya's going to be a free agent. Um, they're right. not getting Jalmerson. They basically want, well, as soon as they find somebody dumb enough to take Sharp, which will probably be the Canadians who freed up a little bit of room by buying out Parento today. Um, yeah, they're going to be fine. I think that there's been a lot of talk in Winnipeg about how they have too many right-handed defensemen, 
Um, so right. it's possible Buffalo goes on the block. Um, mm-hmm. Minnesota and Jared Spurgeon may be the odd man out there. Uh, he's a right shooting defenseman, but he is he's a five nine defenseman, so obviously he's garbage. Um, San Jose still has no idea what they're doing. They may be talked into moving Brent Burns, although if that happens for anything less than a fucking King's Ransom, uh, I'd be amazed. So Right. Yeah, of course. Like, I think, yeah, I think there's possibilities out there. The most frustrating thing is that even if, if Holland kicks those tires, he is never going to tell the diggers. No diggers are ever going to report that um, because those are going to be deals that, like, there's literally just no point in telling us, um, hey, we talked about it, but nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. That makes sense. Uh, I don't like. I said I don't think it it actually ends up happening. So, um, I mean, at the very I least, I I still wouldn't mind seeing a minor trade just to alleviate some of the logjam among the defensemen. Yeah, like maybe get a second yeah. rounder for one of them. Yeah, maybe yeah, I mean, that would be nice trying, to do on how, Saturday. Yeah, but how long have they been trying to do that? So yeah, but it. You finally decide, all right, I need to cut bait. I mean, I guess that comes next off season when, when what the three guys, four guys have to clear waivers, and you you literally risk losing them for nothing. Then just go ahead and then do it with Brendan Smith. He's probably got the most value out of all of them. Yeah, I agree. Not gonna argue with you there. He I think on July first. Be... Sorry, go ahead. I think he can be affordable an affordable a player who is above replacement level, like he would just, I I don't know, I, he's a solid bottom pair guy. And who knows, maybe even Blashill comes in and Brennan Smith turns into, a, you know, an ace. But, I mean, the, 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 the fact of the matter is you've got a log jam. You've got, you know, Marchenko and Ouellette who are ready. They're ready to go. And, you know, you need to make room for both of them somehow. Kindle's Kindle is practically immovable unless you soak up some of his salary, which I don't know. I guess I don't. I, I I wouldn't hate it, but at the same time, I don't want to do it. I think somebody should just take him and fuck off with it. But um, and then you know you, you have to move one of those guys to make room. Uh, you know, no more. Um, you know, same defense. Something needs to be changed. It absolutely needs to be changed. And that's why I think free agency is all mixed right now because they have too much of a log jam. They would need to trade somebody before they can even think about going to sign someone or they would sign someone and then they'd have to go trade someone. They'd have to dump someone immediately. So, yeah. Not With the unknown, like but, you just said about Blashill, like we don't know if Brendan Smith is going to be good under Blashill. We don't know if Jacob Kindle would be good under Blashill. We don't know if Stephen White will right. find his game. Because it's a slightly different game that Blasio plays. It's uh, he activates the defense more, and so we've got more offensive defensemen. Then maybe that works out. I'm not entirely confident that Brendan Smith uh, could find the side of a barn with a shotgun, but hey, give him a sh- give him a chance. Um, Kindle, I yeah. actually do think he has a good shot, but he doesn't get to use right. it nearly. Yeah, often. no, not at all. Not under not with with, with talk. Yeah, so it's possible. We'll see. No, I was going to say that on July 1st, I think the only thing that would uh, that would actually piss me off about the Red Wings not signing is I really want them to get uh, Andy Mealy back for Grand Rapids. I thought he was a great piece, although I don't blame him for going out and trying the rest of the market to see if he can get an NHL shot. 
I don't think he's an NHL caliber player, but whatever. I like him. I like him in Greater Rapids. I want him to stay there. Do we think Dan Cleary signs right away? You better not. God, I my my fear is that it's gonna be I'm like so 2012. I'm so sick of talking about this. Like, <laughs> just get it the fuck over with. I'm sick like, of just his sign name. him I'm now. Sick of his face. No, don't sign him. No, I'm just saying yeah, if it's gonna happen, a, just him, do it and get it over with. Rip the Band-Aid off. No, no, make him an assistant amateur scout. Give him well, a nice little. No shit. I don't know, None I, of us want him to actually be on the team. But if it's inevitable and going to happen, can they just fucking do it so we know what the contract is? We can bitch about it and get over it. I guess we won't get over it. We'll no, complain it all season. Well, what I, Joe what just I comes out of nowhere. We're not <laughs> gonna get over Speaking it. Speaking of truth, though. What I think is going to happen is that it's going to be like 2012, where we're going to be where we have this expectation going in. That you know, in 2012, it was oh, we're just waiting for Suter. Oh, let's see what happens with Suter. Wait, why did they sign? Why is it they saying that he signed Jordan Tutu? Like, like what is that? That's not real, right? Like that's what it's going to be like on July 1st. Is it's going to be oh, you know, he's not going to do anything. Red Wings signed Dan Cleary, three-year extension. Like oh, Michael Samuelson. Yes. Oh, they're bringing Todd Bertuzzi out of retirement. Give him another shot. His his nephew. And what we'll say there is, hey, maybe it'll work under Blashill. (laughs) Yeah. God damn it. Well, Cleary would actually need to have knees in order to be an effective hockey player again. (sighs) He's so bad. He needs a brain, too. And like two worked pupils. <laughs> Creepy zombie eyes. <laughs> Twenty eight days looking ass motherfucker. Uh, at it. Well well, I guess just looking at this lovely shell of a rundown JJ put together. Uh we kinda touched on the defense. <laughs> but but I guess the, the question he posed here is, just, who do you guys expect to be on the roster next season? I mean, we know Bokanen's going to be there. We think Olet and Marchenko. I mean, Larkin, there's been a lot of talk this weekend from Holland saying, like, Larkin's going to get a real good look, a real chance to make the team. I mean, I've heard that if, before. And, hey, if but if Datsuk's going to be out till November, like Helene right. reported, whether that's true or not, whether if he's not ready... He has to make the team, right? Probably, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I'm glad that discussion went well. <laughs> no, if he makes. <laughs> no, if he makes the team, we're pushing him along too fast, and he is bound to fail. He's got to spend at least one year in Grand Rapids. Yeah. I say bullshit. He's going to he make the team, and he's going to prosper. He definitely sees a couple of games with the Red Wings next season. Well, he's back to being out, opens up a slot, opens, opens up an opportunity. He played pretty well against the against World Championship competition. He was pretty much a man among boys in Michigan and with the World Juniors. He set up really well. He set up really well. I just yeah, I, plus he literally can't slide his contracts. So there's no point in giving him like only a nine game look. You just keep him yeah. up for as long as uh, as long as he's doing well. So yeah, burn the contract. Who gives a shit? 
Like honestly. I mean the contract like, burns one way or another, so that's that's the good point. Right. Can't of course can't make that argument. Yep. Although you can always argue that he's not waiver eligible, so he's the one who goes down like they did with Nyquist. So we can keep Joaquim Anderson in the lineup. I I hmm. he's He's going to get waived. Anderson will get waived. He's not going to make the team. I think he does at the end of the season. I think that uh, during the preseason, you guys when all are, the teams are trying to slide guys through waivers, that that Anderson gets put on waivers. I'm not sure he necessarily goes to Grand Rapids immediately, but I think it'd be dumb not to because you got 30 days to send him down. I think you guys are bullshit. <laughs> no, okay, right. I, I I had zero problem with him getting resigned because he's not going to be on this team. He's not. He's not going to. He's not. He's not one of the 14 best players. Especially yeah, when, they, oh, yeah. when they first announced the signing, it was like, oh, shit, really? And then they announced the contract, like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, you know, entirely variable. Once, yeah, once he was under the, the, the threshold for the cap hit that could be buried in, in Grand Rapids, it was like, that's fine, then. It's just, it, it's a body. I mean, look, I got no problems with, uh, you know, Anderson being a Grand Rapids Griffin for the next five years. Hey, go crazy. <clears throat> right. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, as I said at the time, it was a, it's a, he's a fourth-line player making fourth-line money on a one-year deal, so he has no impact next year. Um, I really think this is probably a, you know, show-me-what-you-got thing. It almost makes me wonder if um, Anderson was more of a Babcock guy instead of a, a Holland guy. And, uh, you know, maybe they just said, maybe Blaschel said, hey, you know, I'll take a look at him, you know, give him some – you know, close to league minimum, and I'll see what I can do with them. And if not, then we'll send them down. Yeah, I mean, Blashill had them on the first line centering uh, Tatar and Nyquist when they won the Calder, so. <laughs> you know, so we're going to gonna have him So he's yeah, going to be the true. guy who replaces that to on the first He'll line. The first line center, yeah. Still remember when we had the one playoff run where he was with Bruner and Nyquist were on the line. and I remember that. Together. Yeah, but that was a, a young Joachim Anderson who could skate, maybe. Back when he had fire in his heart. <laughs> yeah. And now he's, he's and old he and washed up. <laughs> yeah, now when he was playing AHL players and not NHL players who are, you know, all good. Best case scenario, he turns UFA next season. So he has a breakout year this year. It's his contract year. Uh, and he wants, to, like, he goes the Bolesky route. But we realized that it was just a flash in the pan and he goes off to make millions for a team that uh, that's going to regret that in a few years. Like he'll be Thomas Kopetsky. He's a free agent this year, isn't he? We could bring. Him yes, back. yeah, yeah. Kopetsky yeah, was not uh, get that net from Florida. What an awful idea! Yeah. Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> I'll let him go back uh, to Chicago. I would like to see. I'm very curious to see how. Tyler Bertuzzi plays. I don't think he makes the team out of camp or anything crazy like that, but he had the great playoff run. I'd like to see if he could continue some of that in Grand Rapids, and I think he's a guy that we could see get a look at some point once injury, the inevitable injuries start piling up. That's the guy Maybe. I'm looking forward to the most yeah. this year, as far as the prospects not named Larkin. I think another guy that's pretty much in the same boat and maybe even a little bit higher on the depth chart, even though they play different positions, is Andreas Athanasiu. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then um, that Anthony Mantha guy, too. Who? The, the, the very yep. disappointing yeah, guy? 
Yeah, Anthony, big disappointment. Anthony. Very, very, very disappointing. I want to, I hopefully he turns good so we can start fun jokes with his last name, like the mantra thing or um, the national mantum or something. I don't know. I like that. Yeah, you like that shit? Yeah, good job. Thank you. Yeah, so um what the hell else do we have to talk about? Uh summer development uh, camp is only a couple weeks away. Uh no, it's something like kinda big you could say something kinda big happened today. Some very fun, great news that we could talk about and have a lot of fun with. Okay. Like I'm not sure where you're going with this. Oh, yeah. Fedorov and Nicholas Lidstrom getting elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame. You know, two of the greatest players to ever play for the Red Wings. Getting the recognition well, they deserve. Well, Fedorov, yeah, Fedorov, Fedorov doesn't have his number raised yet, so he clearly sucks. He clearly sucks. Yeah. That's, I thought I was really hoping that it would be like, you know, Nicholas Lidstrom and then three other lesser players elected. But then it was Fedorov. I was like, oh, God, I don't want Fedorov in there, so... I was trying to get that joke out there, but I couldn't get I couldn't get there. But so no, it was. I mean, Lidstrom was a lock, but I couldn't believe that there were people over the weekend that were actually questioning Fedorov's um, whether he was good enough to get in on first ballot or not. It was a lazy Russian. I I would not put it past the people voting for this stuff to not make Fedorov a first ballot. If Shanahan yeah. couldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, it wasn't even like the lazy writers. I I originally got fired up because Bob McKenzie said it. Like he, he said, like very, he made it sound like, oh, he thinks that Fedorov should have been should be a, a first ballot guy. But he's like, oh, not entirely sure. And then like, yeah, the Jim Matheson hacked in with his, well, is Fedorov really any better than Lindros? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, by, yeah, quite a bit actually. <laughs> Stayed longer, stayed productive. Yeah, One thing, if only we had a way to, like, compare Lindros and Fedorov, like, head-to-head maybe, like, had they played against one another in a Stanley Cup final series. Fedorov won that, by the way. <laughs> I was alive for that. I remember it. Four, four straight games, yeah. Lindros scored one goal. He scored the the goal that made it two to one with 15 seconds left in Game Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yep. game that Darren McCarty is remembered for, for that beautiful goal he scored. Yep. Which was way better looking than Lindros's lone goal. Better off. I guess one one game in that series. I guess what I'm saying is fuck Eric Lindros. Um, <laughs> no, better off is is amazing. Uh, one thing I loved reading about. As I when I got home, just catching up on some of the Hall of Fame stuff is, and from over the weekend, Bowman had a ton, ton of quotes just about how he was like, yeah, we were injured for like six weeks on the blue line, so I just put Sergey on the to, on defense, and the fact that, because I, I I distinctively remember him playing defense, and that's just one of the things I was always in awe about is that the dude would score five goals, one game, and then the next time, game he's playing on the first pair blue line. Right. He's, he's just as good as probably everyone not named Nick Lidstrom out there, and it was just he he was that good, and he had white skates, and that was cool. 
The white yep. skates were like the biggest thing. I thought it was the the coolest goddamn thing in the world when when you know you see those things just running through like just running through defenses just like so slick, you know. <clears throat> um I think Sergey Fedorov uh obviously Nick Lidstrom is like no shit, yeah, it's gonna happen. He's the probably one of the best defensemen of all time. Um not probably he is. Um and he, I, just because, obviously, I mean, I don't need to go on about why or how, uh, other than he was excellent all the time, and he looked like he never was putting any effort into it. He, he was um, perfect. Fedor- yeah, he was perfect. And Fedorov was sort of the same way sometimes, most of the time, when he when he had the puck. It was just like, you know, he was, it was just like effortless for him. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, Won some Stanley Cups here, and so did Nick Lidstrom. And uh, I don't know uh, how many 2002 Red Wings are in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, you know, we're better than the rest of all your favorite teams. I'm sorry, I don't know. This sucks. This sucks. Yeah. Nine players. Nine players, Bowman. Eventually, Datsu gets in. Holland will get Mm -hmm. in one day. Yep, he will. And he definitely deserves it. <laughs> It'll never does, happen. I mean, but I will. I I hope one day we run out of great players so they can put Holmstrom in the Hall of Fame, just because. <laughs> and, and and obviously he doesn't have the numbers and all of that, but it's it's. The, I I lean towards the fame part, and there was no. You, you, you talk about these are the best players to do what they do. Has there ever been a hockey player better at taking abuse and standing in front of the net and tipping in pucks? Obviously, I'm biased and not as old as a lot of people, but has has there ever been anyone better than that than Holmstrom? Even then, it's not just about standing in front. Holmstrom in the corners, behind the net, too, and then establishing position once the timing of everything is better. He had and, all, all of it below the dots, down, cold. And and again, he's never going to get in. If this is just like, it's like my one pipe dream, like if they, you could pick that one random ass player that you would put in the Hall of Fame even that would never actually get in. I think I'd pick him, just for that reason alone. He, 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 he had a unique skill to the game that may never be as perfected as he, as he perfected it. He should get in uh, in the builders category. Yeah. For building screens. That's what Red Wings mm. fans should do. Is just one day, um, not this time because that would uh, that might screw with uh, Lindstrom and, and uh, Fedorov's induction. But during some like bullshit induction, when it's like Mark Recchi getting in, go on, to the Hall of Fame on the night before and just put a statue of Holmstrom in front of the doors, just blocking everybody. Right. Uh, It will be fun when Chris Oska gets in and then everyone is just going to bitch about it forever. Kiss the bar, yeah. I don't know. But but Fedorov was great. Lidstrom, well, I don't even you don't even need to say. We know how perfect he was. Mm-hmm. 
that's the thing. It's like when you try to, to try to explain the way these guys played, like Fedorov, you can say, like, have you seen the games where Malkin just gets into fuck you mode? Like, he gets mad at the other team and just, like, drops three goals and, like, glares at the goalie as he skates away. Uh, Fedorov was like that way more often than Malkin is. But he mm-hmm. wasn't, like, he wasn't angry when he did it. Um, he was just, like, cold and calculated. With Lidstrom, it's, it's so hard because, like, even now, the best, I could say, imagine the way Duncan Keith played in the Stanley Cup Finals, which was amazing but better than that. Yeah, exactly. Like, just nothing happened when Lidstrom was on the ice. Uh, nothing happened for the other team. Uh, you'd get two-on-ones coming the other way, and then you would realize, wait, that's number five back there. I don't have to worry. I'm going to go get a beer or something. <laughs> it was just so It was so effortless. Like, yeah. he, he didn't look like he was working hard out there. It just came easy it was to like- him, and... It was like, you know when, you, when you're, when you I don't know, okay, think of the ice as a blank canvas, and think of Nick Lidstrom as fucking Pablo Picasso or fucking, I don't know, some uh, Salvador Dali. He just put some paint on the ice. He put, some paint. He put some fucking paint on his, on his skates, and he just fucking just coasts around the ice and just makes a fucking masterpiece. And then when he's done... He lifts a gigantic trophy over his head, you know, he kisses a baby or something, and then he puts, he takes off his tape and he goes home and he calls her fuck night. That's what the strip did every single game. That was the I was going to ask, like, how often do you just find yourself watching a, a Red Wings game and you're just mad that Lidstrom isn't back there anymore? Uh, Every game in the last year. Like yeah. <laughs> how, yeah. how many games have we had since 2012? Every no, game except for the, game. the alumni game? Like, well, I, mean, I don't know. Been... It probably happened ten times last season where it's like, man, I fucking just, I just wish Lidstrom were there so I could just see artistry like that uh, one more time because it's it's not there. You get... Nope. I remember the first game... The lockout, the 2012 lockout happened right after Lidstrom retired. And then the first game of that shortened season was the nightmare against St. Louis. And if you go from having Lidstrom to, oh, no, literally all hell is leaning down on the Detroit Red Wings. Right. Yeah. You get Lidstrom out there painting masterpieces, and we got, like, Jonathan Erickson looking like, Hieronymus Bosch taking shits on canvas. That's his artwork. And, and, you know, not that we didn't appreciate Lindstrom at the time, but now that we are four years removed, four seasons removed, and it, it's the fact that we still really haven't found that number one defenseman, it just, your appreciation grows even more for what he did, how long he did it, how the, the level he did it all at, and, he is the greatest defenseman of all time. And I hope everyone in this city I live in hears me say that. <laughs> <laughs> we have many of Boston followers tuning in tonight, I'm sure. They're probably not worried about, you know, Zach, you know, losing Dougie Hamilton, Milan Lucic, and gaining Zach, Zach Ronaldo. <laughs> well, they're listening to 
our podcast because they're hoping to get some insight on how a, a team is actually professionally run the, the right way. To so, With I don't the know. dagger, bro. And 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 for as much as everyone here loves Patrice Bergeron, guess what? Fedorov is like ten times the two-way player Patrice Bergeron will ever be. He's better offensively. He was better defensively. He's won more Stanley Cups. Better looking. <laughs> Dated the supermodels and hot tennis players and yeah. So hey, what time does uh does the uh, madness begin on Wednesday? Noon. Yeah, noon it is. That's gonna be something else. I'm looking forward to your 15 posts on Wednesday, Kyle. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm just gonna post. I'm just gonna post for all the all the teams. Fuck it. You could you Fantastic. could start up. Can I go to the bathroom? You you could start up your post about how the wings stood pat, didn't do anything. Start writing it now. Yeah, yeah. I'll write two of them. I'll write two skeleton posts. Uh, how they stood pat. I'm really happy with it. And then I'll write another one saying that they signed Paul Martin for six years, and I want to jump off of a cliff. <laughs> I really would punch myself in the dick so hard if, this, if that happened. We should just find last year's Wings resign Danny Cleary post and just change the date. <laughs> Repost it. <laughs> E5-fold pocket one. <laughs> My favorite headline ever. <laughs> I had to do it. I promise. Uh, well, yeah, you'll have to know, do it what, again soon. No, my hope is what? that now that Philadelphia has cleared the Pronger contract, uh, they can go ahead and give them that multi-year deal they wanted to a couple of years ago. Please. God, I hope Toronto signs him. I hope anybody signs him. Fuck, that's not the Red Wings. Shit balls. Yeah, he can go good, be good in the Oilers' locker room. Someone's got a mentor, Connor McDavid. Oh, shit, isn't it uh, Sean Horkoff that's his good buddy? They train together in the offseason? Yes. Is he a free agent? Can we bring him both in? Yeah, he's a free agent. There we go. 13th and 14th forwards right there. Screw Mitch Callahan. Yeah, I'm really sick of hearing that guy's name like he is. Like some sort of blue chip prospect, but he works hard. <laughs> yeah, well, so do washing machines. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. What? Uh, well, here's a thought. What about uh, the report today that came out that uh, Brandon Saad and the Blackhawks are actually uh, further apart than initially thought? Um, so the report says that. Um, and this is a guy who does local sports radio here. He's actually barely connected. So I, I think there's a degree of truth to it because the Hawks are very much like the Red Wings in that if it gets out to the media, it's it's probably legit because the team's very, very focused on... Yeah, yeah the, the team's very focused on kind of holding in information. Um, yeah. They're very... Like the Red Wings, they're very concerned about their image. So... The report says that the Hawks are looking to do a two-year bridge deal for, uh, I think it was a shade under $2 million per season. Which is, oh, God. Wait, a shade under two? Good. Under two. What else? 
Fucking, I think 1.8 like, is what oh. Todd laughed in their faces and, and just not stop. Yeah, and so the report says that Saad is actually willing to, or he, he, he's willing to sign for $4 million a year for five years. He wants the term. It's like, how have you not signed that deal yet? Or how have you not at least like, hey, look, Brandon, you know, look, you know we're in a bit of a cap crunch here. Would you take a $3.5 million cap hit for for four years, and then we'll, you know, and then we'll talk after four years. Like, how have you not made this deal? I, I don't understand how that, how a couple of years at $4 million for Brandon Saad, every other team in the league is looking at that going, are you absolutely shitting me? How, how have you not signed that yet? That's insane to me that that's not done. I don't know. Get, it'll make July 1 really interesting when someone offers sheets them. And, you know, and, and look, in, you know, any Blackhawk fan goes, well, you're signing one. Hey, you know what? Shea Weber signed an offer sheet. I mean, and Shea Weber always talked about how happy he was in Nashville. But you know what? If you give a guy enough money and give him an opportunity to play, Brandon Sod has won two cups. So I'm not saying he doesn't want to win more. But that drive to win is maybe a little bit diminished if he were to go to a good team that is going to pay him more money. Yeah, honestly, if uh, Brandon Saad does not sign a an offer sheet that is exactly five years and four million or better, um, one, all the other GMs need to be sacked and beaten. And two, uh, Saad himself should be kidnapped by the NHLPA and uh, brainwashed into stop fucking them over. Because, um, yeah, the two years at less than $2 million uh, is insulting for a player like that. And I don't care if he actually likes Chicago. <laughs> He's got a duty to his fellow players uh, to not do that. What's uh, What's the compensation if someone goes... Like five years, six million. Oh, what well, you know? I, I don't know because, because what, I mean, Graham, you said you said he wanted five, five at four. I'm pulling it up now um, to see what it really is. You know, the source says, yeah. So I'm sorry. Uh, let me let me read. I have to go, to go back. So the bridge deal the Hawks want to give him is two years, two point eight million, not one point eight, two point eight. Okay. So shade under three million, but it's a two year deal. They're seeking a longer term at four million plus per year, four million plus. So let me say four under five certainly because so if someone... they were looking for five, it would say five million. So Saad, um, he's reportedly garnering. This is from the report. He's reportedly garnering interest in the range of five years and twenty-five million dollars on an offer sheet. There's quote no way the Blackhawks let Saad walk for that amount of source said us don't match the deal. Duh. But it puts them in a cap crunch. If they have to, if they have to take on five million dollars in a salary cap, that puts them at seventy-one. And with, no, with nobody else signed. And I'm guessing the, the five-year deal, when that's up, he becomes a UFA and he's like twenty-seven years old or something, right? I not believe so. I'm trying to look for his age. So, there, but so I that's probably why he's, he's looking 20, for the five. Yeah, he's twenty. Yeah, here's here's last year's compensation limits. It's going to go up a little bit, but. Um, if he gets $5 million, 
that is a first rounder and a third rounder. If he gets up to like six point seven million, uh, like between five million fifty thousand and six point seven, uh, first round, second round, and a third round. Um, between six point seven and eight point four, it's two first rounders, a second and a third, and then anything over eight point four is four first rounders. So that's going to index up a little bit. Uh, not a great deal. So you're like looking at five point one million and six point eight Someone, million. Someone's got to come in five years, six million per season. I, I, I can't. He had. He'd be crazy not to sign that. And if the Blackhawks match, then they're fucked, and they got to sell off even more. So you're either fucking them by taking their player who's really good, or you're fucking them with the cap, and then getting another good player, or you know maybe not to the caliber of Sod, but. You said Seabrook's not yeah. available, and whether you, you're regardless of your thoughts of Seabrook, you know instead of just selling off Sharp, now they got to sell off Seabrook too. Parody baby. <laughs> well, with Seabrook, and the thing with Seabrook is he's got one year to till, till he's a UFA. So, in theory, if I'm the Blackhawks, I look to trade Seabrook and then say, hey, by the way, you know maybe you want to come back. Yeah, you can right. really help us out this year. Well, then we'll, we'll bring you back on a nice little you, deal. The same thing that was reported when Boychuk was traded from the Bruins. Hey, he's a Bruins guy. He loved it here. He was very happy. And then what did he do? Someone offered him money in New York, and didn't he, he re-signed for like $7 million per or something, right? Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. Am I making that up? Oh, so six, but there was a it was a it was a good deal for Boychuk. Right, and and when that deal happened, everyone kind of said what you just kind of theorized there, like, well, he'll be a free agent, he'll want to come back, and he's he's not a New York guy. The Islanders don't win, so. Yeah, that was hilariously stupid. I I just I I someone's got an offer sheet. If 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 only just so I have more fun this off season. Some people mm-hmm. just like to watch the world burn and. That well, world right now is the Blackhawks, so let's watch them burn. It should goddamn be us, but um, we don't have a third rounder next year, so that kind of limits how much we can give. Like we can't offer that between three and a half and five point one million because we don't have the third rounder. We can't offer the six million because we don't have that third rounder. I'm gonna be honest; the Wings are never, would never do that anyway, even right. if they had the picks. So. I just want to see someone do it, and hopefully it's someone who's not in our division. So. Yeah. The Florida Panthers. Yes. Do it, Dale Talon. <laughs> Man, I hope that happens. I hope someone send, signs Dougie to an off sheet, too, just because that'd be fucking hilarious. I think it should be the Avalanche. In, oh, because uh, of Ryan O'Reilly. For them. Yeah, the Ryan O'Reilly thing. Oh, that'd be great. I just want to see crazy-ass shit. Since the Wings are going to sit on their ass and do nothing, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, as we've covered, I just want to see crazy-ass shit go down that just makes me laugh and fucks everybody else. <laughs> I'm excited for Wednesday now. I wasn't entering this podcast. I was like... I could give a shit about free agency because dick is going to happen. But I'm pumped now. Offer sheet city, baby. Hey, a uh, really good point from our chat from Red Winger 43. If uh, 
Assad does sign in Florida, what's going to happen is that Dale Talon is just going to trade him back to Chicago <laughs> uh, with retained salary. <laughs> oh, no. Will that be when they're in Quebec or in Florida? Weren't mm. you just down there and, you know, aren't you yeah. like saying negative things about your, all your new friends because you're a Panthers fan now? What? Aren't you, you a know, Panthers Graham, fan now? No, I'm not a Panthers fan. I'm Just like the only person in the world who doesn't like them. Look, it's, to be honest with you, that that arena might be in a worse spot than the Joe. It is in the middle of a goddamn the Everglades. I mean, there's like there's some shit like across the street, but it's like touristy restaurants that really suck and aren't fun. And you know, Fort Lauderdale is like 25 minutes away, so it's like I don't know, it's just a shitty spot to have a, an arena. And, uh, yeah. By the way, Speaking you guys see the, uh, of arenas, the, the Wings new see arena the looks badass. Yeah, That's at the first I cool. saw it, I saw it on the video, and, like, I saw the arena and, like, how it didn't have a top on it. I'm like, are they going to have an open-top fucking arena? And it's a retractable roof. No, they're not going to. Yeah, I know. You, well, I, that's so fucking cool. 41 Winter Classics a year. <laughs> Let's do that shit. Yeah. That's a, <sighs> that's a great idea. The one part I did notice on that video for the the Wings New Arena was when they were showing like the pictures of the computer image bullshit video thing. It said like sponsor arena name here. So mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> You mean they're gonna sell the naming rights to the arena? Oh no. We're not going to get Iserman Arena or Lidstrom's Palace. No, but it'll be on Lidstrom Lane, you know, and they'll, that sort of thing. But although Steve Eisman Drive is already a thing, so they might have trouble. Maybe they'll have to rezone. Lidstrom already has a treatment, too. Does he really? Yeah. Did I know that? Probably should have known that. It's in Nova. It was in a a couple of years ago. Kyle Calder Boulevard. <laughs> Brent Dan Cleary and the Dan Cleary porta potty. <laughs> uh, we got about ten minutes left. We should probably get everyone's final hockey-related thoughts or so, unless anyone's got something else that they think we should discuss. No. No. Okay. No. Does anyone no. have any final, any thoughts at all? Yeah, uh, uh, I think the Red Wings had a great draft. I think they put they put on some really nice prospects. Um, the way I look at the draft is uh, there's seven rounds. If you draft one good prospect who can uh, be an impact player in your system, then you had a good draft. You don't need to draft four or five or six or seven good guys. So, no, the guys that we drafted after the first round aren't going to be impact players right now, but who knows. Um, And I think the Red Wings are doing fine. Uh, I don't think they need to jump into free agency and sign somebody. And uh, I think all they need to do is buy out White and trade a defenseman for draft picks. And that's it. So, Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. 
July 1 is going to be one thing. All the money is going to be flying around. All the years are going to be tacked on to the contract. Teams are going to regret them in a couple years down the line. But there's usually this second wave of free agency around the middle of the month, end of the July, where a lot of the value signings, a lot of the shorter-term deals, guys that are just looking to get a spot on a team. And you know, we have a log jam on our own on our own team, and unless some some other transaction happens, I'm pretty clear, I'm pretty fine with. Like I, maybe if they do sign Cody France and as Graham said earlier to a good deal, I can live with that. But aside from that, just stay pat through the, the entire off through the entire free agency period, not just July first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think the thing I'm looking forward to for Wednesday, hopefully, is just that, you know, the Wings maybe, you know, they, the, the best we hear is that they re-signed Nyquist to, you know, some nice deal, uh, maybe lock up a couple of their RFAs, whatever, and just kind of sit back and watch the rest of the NHL. I, I, at this point, I am most interested to see what Boston's going to do because right now, they are the absolute most entertaining franchise in hockey with LA being a close second with the Mike Richards stuff, but I, I'm oh, really oh, curious Carcillo, to see a free agent. Oh God. I, I I'm actually curious to see Boston give Matt Pileski seven years, eight million per. That's, they'll do something like that. and that'll be their skill guy pickup. JJ. <clears throat> My final hockey-related thought, and I'm going to go off the board like a Boston draft pick. Um, I'm going to go with the – I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with the Mike Richards situation. Um, for anybody who didn't hear about it, he uh, he got to play some waivers yesterday, and everybody was like, it's going to be for a buyout. And today they terminated his contract. Not a buyout, terminated. They said that he uh, – what he did constituted a material breach of his contract, uh, which has – clauses like you have to stay in shape, you have to abide by team rules. Uh, there's a kind of a, a morality clause in there, uh, but they didn't say what it is. Nobody's saying what it is. Um, Eric Macromala, sports lawyer, says he's heard about it. He doesn't think that it uh, it's good enough to, get, to cancel a contract. Don Fair is absolutely going to fight it uh, because you can't not fight that kind of thing. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what has happened. Apparently that's something to do with Something that happened at a border, if I had to make a wild speculative, I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about, guess. I'm guessing that Mike Richards probably got caught trying to bring a little bit of weed across the border, and the Kings just kind of sat on that until they decided, ah, fuck it, we can uh, we can make this argument stick. Um, but I don't know, because based on what Macromala said about he doesn't think that it's going to uh, to work, I don't, I don't know. Um, at this point, I kind of hope it doesn't work. Like, I want them to be stuck with his contract because if they do grieve it and they do win, I'm not sure if the NHL will allow the Kings to then do the buyout route uh, because it is the, the buyout ends tomorrow at 5 o'clock and the arbitration and grievance is not going to happen before then. So, yeah, that's my uh, that's my popcorn moment for the summer. Mm-hmm. I'm actually curious to see, too, if they go out on Wednesday and sign any free agents and take up the cap space that may then be taken back up by Richards if the uh, grievance is filed and uh, he wins. Yeah, I hope they get super fucked. 
Uh, that would be, I mean, it would be fantastic just to watch from an outsider's perspective and watch them try and get back under the cap. But, yeah, it was like they're basically trying to Yui Krupp them. But Krupp, they had, you know, I mean, they had cause. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Hard to find out. I don't know. It, it, it'd be interesting. It'd be fun. Cool. It's going to be a fun week. Uh, yeah. I just hope that the Wings don't do anything stupid. And the rest of the teams do stupid shit. So, for JJ, and Kyle, and Graham, and Joseph, this has been Winging It Motown Radio. See you in two weeks. Bye. Hey there. Winging It Motown.